Blog Talk Radio. Are you excited by your life, by the possibilities that are open to you every day, or are you still waiting for your real life to start? Get ready. Some people will tell you they have all the answers, but very rarely. There's someone who knows you hold the answers. Your life is a masterpiece that you create at a stroke at a time. It's time to jumpstart your life with Silva. Now, here's your host, Silva. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Turning Ideas into Profit Show. I'm your host, Silva. I can't think of a better way to jumpstart your life than turning your ideas, dreams, into reality. And if it's something that you're passionate about, and I know from my own personal experience, profits will soon follow. I'm so excited to have as my guest is Gwen Taylor, who travels around the world doing what she loves to do, which is inspiring and empowering cutting-edge technology business owners, CEOs, and their teams to become better leaders now and prepare for a better future. Let's meet the amazing Gwen and find out how she embarked on this amazing journey. Hi, Silva. Thank you so much for having me um, on uh, and talking to all these people who are interested in really taking control of their life. And I'm guessing that most of you want that the effort you put out to have some great return to you. You want more control. And you especially want to overcome any fear that might be getting in your your way so that you can be incredibly confident and do all of this while making money and profit. So tell me, how did you get started on this journey of traveling around the world and teaching others? Well, actually, so it was a little bit of overcoming my own fear and serendipity. And I'll talk more about taking the easy route instead of the difficult route later but to just start on, on how I got started, it was actually a couple of my classmates chased me down the hallway and told me I was really good at speaking. And then they kept walking. I didn't know these two women. I was at university, and I sort of shrugged it off and thought nothing about it. And after that, I went into two or three different careers and jobs trying to find my way through life and through adulthood, making a lot of mistakes and, quite frankly, being absolutely miserable. But I somehow remembered when they told me I was very good at presenting in front of my classmates. And I got wondering, is that what I should do? And, of course, at that moment, as soon as I asked myself that question, a brick wall of fear was in front of me. And I could hear all the negative self-talk inside my head. Who do you think you are? What are you going to talk about? Why should anyone want to listen to you? What do you have that's interesting? You're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not tall enough. All of these things got in my way. And so I continued, Silva, to go down different paths, getting a job in sales here, trying to get into finance there, uh, going over there and working in a restaurant, trying all different things. And yet, I kept finding myself going back to this very loud voice in my head, but paralyzed to take action on it. You know, it's obvious that, you know, whenever you're starting something new, there's always fear involved. And what I hear from what you're saying is that, yes, you had fears, you faced them, and you walked right through them. I wish it was that easy. 
Yeah, I think uh, it, it may be simple, but it's not easy. Uh, the, looking back on it, that is what I did at the time. It was physically terrifying. My skin was terrified. I mean, I could feel it. All of these chemicals are being dumped into your body when you have that much fear. So what I did do, though, is I decided to take it with great trepidation and just one step at a time, literally baby steps. And I found actually a Toastmasters group. And what I did is I decided I set a challenge for myself and a goal for myself. I wasn't going to take the easy route. I intentionally wanted to take the most challenging route. I wanted to learn at an accelerated rate. So I visited five different Toastmasters clubs. And if you go to your local chamber of commerce or your local newspaper, you can generally find some Toastmaster clubs are open to the public and others are private. That means they're generally only for employees of a particular company. So I found all of these uh, Toastmasters that were open to the public and I visited five of them. Some of them were more like social groups. Others of them had relatively slack standards. The one I settled on had three presidents of, of local corporations. It met on Saturday morning at 7 a.m. dressed for success. I'm talking your hair is done, your makeup is done, your clothing is done. 7 o'clock in the morning till, till 9.30. Wow, that is so impressive. What dedication to actually get up at 6 in the morning and be dressed to go to a professional meeting. That's that's dedication for you. I know. I did that for three years. It was huge dedication to be, that meant I had to leave my house dressed completely as if I'm walking into a board meeting at 6 o'clock in the morning on Saturday. And I did that every Saturday for three years. Except maybe like if I took a Saturday off for vacation, but that was it. And their standard was so high, but the feedback they gave me was so valuable. That's how I got through my fear. And that really helped me keep some of that negative self-talk quiet, or so I thought, until I got in front of my first live audience. Silva, oh my goodness. I knew nothing about how to handle a microphone. I knew nothing about how to interact with the audience. I pretty much forgot everything I had learned in three years, and I reverted back to old bad habits. But you know what I've decided is it's true for so many things in life, whether it's cooking your very first cake, uh, if you do that as a child, the first time you cooked a cake by yourself, or in my case, if it was public speaking, the first time is almost always the worst time. So once you get that first time over, you know that you're going to be incrementally better the second time. So as terrible as my first time was, and i got to tell you, many years later, I still am embarrassed what I did the first time, but at least now I'm to a point where I can laugh at myself and say, wow, I really didn't do that great of a job, but you know what? I lived through it. I didn't drop dead. Nothing harmful happened to me. It was a little bit of vanity and a lot of ego, but I got through it. All those things were dented. You know, my ego was dented. My, my vanity was dented. I was embarrassed for myself. But I didn't drop dead. I didn't get sick. I didn't get hit by a lightning bolt. And the first time was the worst. The second time, I was a tad bit better. The third time, even better. And if we practice our craft, we continue to get better at things. But I, I can't 
just tell people to overcome their fears. I think that's not being very fair to them. Fears are real. They're physical. They're, they're terrifying. What we need to do is thank you for pointing it out. We need to recognize it and call it what it is and not try to make excuses about it. Call it what it is. I have fear about this. And then find a way to get around it. I lucked out that I found a group of people that supported me. They were nurturing. They gave me guidance and feedback and sometimes even a little tough love, but they gave me what I needed to really develop a strong foundation. For some people, that might mean partnering with their, their spouse, having their best friend, or even a business partner. But getting somebody else to help you through that initial fear, I think is a, a great way to go. We don't have to do this all by ourselves, Silva. Now that you have overcome your fears. Well, i got to tell you, I still have fears. And one of the great lessons from Toastmasters is you never get rid of those butterflies in that fear. You just teach all those butterflies how to fly in formation. Wait, wait. I think I just heard something amazing here. Get the butterflies to fly in formation. Brilliant. I think I'm going to use that if it's okay with you. Exactly, exactly. So I still have fear. I can still be apprehensive. But I have more strategies on how to move forward. And the one thing that I do want to make sure everybody knows, you don't have to do what Silva and I did and take Toastmasters. In fact, one of my clients, my coaching clients, she didn't do any Toastmasters. Even today she hasn't. She doesn't have the same strategies and skill sets that I have. But you know what? She is exactly who she is. And for that reason, because she's being true to herself, she is a successful, well-paid, profitable speaker. So there's many ways to approach this. But she, too, had to get through her fear. And she, too, is at the point now, just two and a half years later, where she can chuckle at her very first presentation and go, oh, my goodness, Gwen, I made so many mistakes. It's important to overcome your fear. And like you mentioned, um, fear is something that always stays with you. You just need to control it. And uh, Overcoming our fear, though, it will stay with us. It's a matter of developing those strategies that work for you. And, and the second thing is just be true to yourself. You know, I am still not going to be as pretty as somebody, as smart as somebody, as tall as somebody, as young as somebody, as old as somebody. I'm not going to be whatever because there's only me. There was a, a woman who was a, a, gave a key commencement speech at a university to a graduating class, and she said all her life she grew up wanting to be the Pulitzer Prize-winning Toni Morrison, fictional writer. That's all she thought of throughout high school and college. All I want to be is Pulitzer Prize-winning you know, Toni Morrison, fictional author. And then she realized, finally, when she became an adult, she can't be Pulitzer Prize-winning Toni Morrison, fictional writer, because Toni Morrison isn't giving up that job. That's her life. <laughs> it's interesting that in my presentations, I talk about how we all have a genie inside of us a genie that we all have these gifts and tools and talents to help us create our perfect lifestyle. And the problem is that often as we're going through our life early on, we're always guided towards having that perfect house, perfect lifestyle, the perfect job and the perfect house and so on. We actually start deviating away from our true core love and passion and what we are meant to utilize our gifts for. Exactly, and and the interesting thing is 
you might be watching somebody and saying, oh, they're so much smarter than I am, or they're so much more funnier than I'll ever be, or whatever your, that negative self-talk is. The thing about that is that's you looking at that other person. Somebody else in the same audience can be looking at the exact same person going, eh, I don't think they're that great of a speaker. So keep in mind, you're also judging people through only one filter, your own. When you have an audience of people, they've all got their own motivators. They've all got their own reasons for being in the audience. And, and, and so we don't always know what they are. All we can do is our best. If, if it's okay with you, uh, Silva, one of the things that I'd love to share is sort of like a little bit of my recipe. If anybody is ever interested in making money off of speaking, even if it's just a quiet little tinkle, tingle, tingle, tingle in their brain that, hey, maybe I can do this, I'd like to be able to share a little bit of a process, a recipe. Would that be okay? Yes, please do share with us. What was the next thing that she had to do in order to continue on her journey? Great. The biggest mistake I see people make, and it sort of drives me a little crazy, this is a personal pet peeve perhaps, is that people put so much pressure on themselves to figure out what the perfect idea is or groundbreaking and super profitable. It's going to make me a million dollars the first year. And they really put a lot of pressure on themselves to be that creative or that clever is virtually impossible. Now, some people do have groundbreaking ideas and some people do make millions of dollars in their first year of business. But to put that pressure on you to think that you have to raise to that standard is, is really not where most people make their money. The interesting thing is most people make their money on a, an idea that they may feel is obvious, uninteresting, unoriginal, dull. Who would possibly be interested in it? It's so simplistic. The key is it's simple to you or it's simple to me or it's simple to somebody that's listening, not necessarily to everybody else. There's a young woman on YouTube, a young Korean woman on YouTube who loves Korean cooking. She grew up cooking with her mom. A lot of us grew up cooking with our mom. She decided to just record herself cooking Korean food on YouTube. She ended up with over a million followers, and YouTube pays her now to, to show how to do Korean cooking. I mean, all she did was what was so simple and easy and obvious, and she had been doing all her life. I mean, I think she was a young woman. You know, in her 20s, maybe. And this is, like, not a big deal to her. I'm Korean. I grew up in a Korean house. I've been cooking Korean food since I was a kid. What's the big deal about cooking Korean food? Nothing in her life. But once she put it on YouTube and people were watching her presentation, boom, she turned herself into a millionaire. Now, I'm not saying we all will do that. I certainly didn't start with, with that idea. I started with an idea that I am very good at talking to people from other cultures. I, I've always been sensitive. Um, I've always been interested and fascinated. And I thought, I need to bring that into my talking. I need to somehow leverage that because it comes naturally to me as well as it's part of my upbringing because I was born overseas and I traveled. So although it's not really particularly unique to any of my family members, they're all very similar. But I realized it was just who I was and maybe, just maybe, it would be of interest to other people. 
And so I just picked something that was easy and obvious to me. And in fact, I've got a story about one of my, my coaching clients named Ella. She was trying so desperately to find something that was clever and groundbreaking and something to do with technology that she could, like, turn it into an app. And, I mean, she was all over the map and not making a penny and, and scared to death because she couldn't settle on an idea. She couldn't move the ball forward. When she finally got me into coaching her and, and we got talking, and there was one thing that she did so very easily. It was almost mundane. She could do it in her sleep. And I said, why don't you talk about that? This is easy for you. I find it fascinating. She's like, you do? It's like, yeah, I do. I thought other women do too. And that was the beginning. Her first presentation was not very good. It was murky at best. It was wobbly and weak. But it was still interesting to her audience. They didn't critique her on her mistakes. They were all conspiring to support her and to learn from her. And at the end of her first seminar, she ended up getting an offer for a paid presentation. Her first seminar was free, and so that instantly evolved into a paid presentation. And I've seen it time and time again. Uh, so it's so straightforward. It's almost too simple to believe it's that easy. You know, it, it's true sometimes what you just said. Um, when, when we try to embark on something and doors open up to us because we're on our true course, it almost seems too simple, and when something is looking too simple, we tend to doubt it and think, oh, no, 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 it has to be harder than that. When in reality, it really shouldn't have to. We just complicate it. We make it harder. It's important. You need to connect with a genie, you know. You need to connect within that that special person that's inside of you that knows you better than anybody else. You can't be like somebody else because... You are not meant to be like somebody else. You're different. You're unique. You need to celebrate your uniqueness and build your success based on that. And uh, you said it so well, Silva, that it really is a genie. And we don't have to make that genie super fancy. She is who she is deep inside of us. She is ours and Absolutely, nobody can be you, nobody can be me, and nobody can be Pulitzer Prize-winning Toni Morrison, fictional writer. We can't. We are all ourselves and letting that genie out. And I love the quote, uh, Silver, that you have. And if I may, here's your quote. Just as a fixer-upper home has the potential to be a mansion, we as human beings have the potential of being whatever it is we wish to be. We just need to see our own potential and start building our lives. This is exactly what we're doing here. And, and, and seeing ourselves for who we are and our potential might be really simple, really obvious. It might feel very unoriginal. But if it's true to who you are, if you've always said to yourself, oh, I'm good at this, or that comes easy to me, or I did well with that in school, that might be a little bit of a window into who you really are. Embrace it and make some decisions to go out and do a free free seminar. Now, don't spend any money. Uh, what my uh, one coaching uh, client did is she went out and started asking around and even asked her employer, hey, can I use one of the conference rooms? And they said yes. And so she ended up getting the free meeting room. Uh, another uh, fellow that I coached, he presented to three people and said, I want to give all of you a 90-minute uh, free presentation and I can do it all at once. So they were all um, 
from different industries but within the same city, and one of the three companies said, we want to see you, so we'll provide the free conference room. And again, no money put out by him or no money put out by Ella, and both of them ended up getting paid presentations from just that first free. So I'm talking 90 minutes to two hours of time, and you are on your road to making money. And if it takes you three or four freebies, don't worry about it. It doesn't mean you're less than someone else or you're not doing it as good as Gwen did it. It just means that's your path, and that's perfectly okay. Maybe that's just helping you, as you said, um, uh, Silva, hone your skills, learn your craft, get that much better so that when that paid opportunity comes along, you'll really be that much more prepared. It's okay. Don't worry about how many it takes, but I will tell for many of you, it will be right after your very first free session, you'll get your first paid gig. How can you tell if someone is truly fulfilling their purpose or are they doing what they think they should be doing? Well, there's a couple things. Sometimes it's listening to people and watch their body language. Where do they get relaxed? Where do they get confident? Where do you feel like they're saying things because somebody told them they should be saying it? And a lot of times it's not the words. Watch people's body language. Just watch them. Watch where they get exuberant, where they lean forward and they're smiling. It can be anything. I mean, people are making money off of talking uh, to octogenarians about how to put together a photo album of their great-grandchildren or grandchildren. And they're out there making money on that. So wherever people get delighted is often where that hidden gem is. And just it's sort of almost like rubbing the bottle and letting the genie out. So what I'll do to use my process is I'll start talking to individuals. You know, I might ask them about, like, you know, tell me some, you know, tell me what you do for work, what do you do for pleasure, what's been some really proud moments in your life, have you ever leveraged that, have you ever used it, has it ever come up more than once, and they start just talking about their life and themselves. Notice what I'm doing. I'm not putting the pressure on them to go find something groundbreaking or instantly profitable or super exciting. I'm just listening to them. And then I will make some suggestions from that point. It's like, you know, well, here's a pattern I've noticed. What do you think of this? Nine out of ten times, maybe ten out of ten times, my clients poo-poo it. Oh, no, I can't talk about that. Well, why not? It's not that it is uh, particularly um, uh, sensitive, like from a political position. Or it's not that it is overly private or uh, airing out the family dirty laundry or anything like that. It's mostly they reject it because they think it's too simple. It's a stupid idea and nobody's going to listen to it. Nine, nine out of ten times, if not ten out of ten times, that's what people say to me. They reject the easy and they reject the obvious because they don't think it's glamorous enough. They don't think it's exciting enough. They don't think it's going to make them money. And that is probably my single biggest challenge, even more so than helping them overcome their fear, is getting them to identify that genie that's inside of them and embrace her exactly how she is. They don't think it can be that easy, and they also don't validate themselves. If it's easy to them, it must not be worthwhile. And I think that ties back into the self-esteem loop that you work in that exactly, and you work so diligently in that area. And so consequently, it's, it's almost like the, the fear of moving forward on the idea and accepting yourself for exactly who you are are tied so closely together. And so once I can get people to open up to the idea that 
that's whatever gets them excited and is easy for them is their genie. A lot of times, some of their fear, their fear is still there, but it's not so overwhelming because it's, it's already easy to them. They already are experts at it. They already know it inside out. They're already excited about it. It may not be their number, it doesn't have to be their number one boring passion. Some people have five passions. It might just be something that's easy and fun for them. But once they identify that, that fear, that monster called fear, starts to get smaller and smaller and smaller and manageable. And once we can do that, I can then move them forward into really making some money and making some profit, whether they go full-time or do it part-time on the side while they keep their full-time job. How does one take it to the next level? But I do know that a plan that works generally is get with people who are like-minded, hang out with people who are supportive of your idea, and as soon as people start telling you, I don't know if that can be done, limit your time with them unless they are an expert in the field. Then you might want to listen to them. But if they're not an expert in the field, don't take advice from them. So, for instance, I can't give advice on how to make money and a profit if you're interested in satellite, radio frequency, how to run a laundromat, how to have a catering service. But we do all know, and so do you and me and others that have been in business and are entrepreneurs, that there are certain things that ring true in every industry, and that is we have to overcome our fears. We need a plan. We need people to help us. We don't have to do this on our own. And that sometimes we're going to make mistakes. Sometimes we're going to fall and scrape our knees, figuratively speaking. We're going to have failures. And that if we are true to ourselves and we continue to practice our craft and get better at it, but we're still true to ourselves, we're going to be more likely to be successful. In order to create success, you need to connect with your mind, body, spirit, and the social tool, which you illustrated perfectly here when you said when you're out there looking for the right Toastmaster to join, you were very particular in the company or the group that you picked because you wanted to level up. And I think that's important to always try to go one level up. We always tend to think based on where we are, this is where we're going to stay. That's not the case. So, yes, you elaborated on that. Absolutely. My people that I connected with in the beginning were Toastmasters. They weren't in the business part. I needed to connect with just understanding the craft. But some people, they understand how to do it already because maybe they, it's ordinary to them. So then they start connecting with people that at a higher level that are making money at it, doing it, are familiar with the industry, and really building those relationships in that network. Oh, my goodness. I am so delighted that you had the time while you're traveling to um, participate in this interview and, and inspire our audience. I'm sure we all have to go back and re-listen to this interview over again to pick up all the nuggets of wisdom that you shared with us all. It's just there were so many. I was busy taking notes. It's important to overcome your fear and like you mentioned, um, fear is something that always stays with you. You just need to control it and uh, get them, get the butterflies to fly in formation so you can move forward and create your life. Oh, Silva, thank you for inviting me. It was wonderful, and I'm so excited to hear success stories and even some stumbling stories from some of your listeners. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. Until next time. 
please take care of your butterflies and move forward. May all your dreams come true.